It's the next level. My guest is someone who has joined us once before back during our DC Primetime 100th episode celebration, and I'm super excited to have the opportunity to speak to him once again, especially considering what we just got from the Flash's 100th episode this week, and what's coming from the Hourverse this week, or next week rather, depending on when you're listening to this. We now know he's going to be a big part of it, and I can't wait to talk to him about it. Please welcome back the wonderful Mr. John Wesley Ship. John, thank you so much for coming back on. Thanks for having me, Ben. Yeah, it's, I was super excited when I reached out to get you, and because, you know, as I mentioned, we had you on back during our 100th celebration. It was myself and my co-host, Rob, who unfortunately um, isn't able to join us today, but he did want me to send his hello and and such, so... All right. But yeah, um, I was super excited to get you back on, especially considering, you know, everything that we know and especially what we don't know is coming from this crossover coming up. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. Yeah. And I, I can't wait. I'm one of those people that... When it comes to something this big, I, I want to be surprised as much as possible. Yeah. So I, I'm going to treat the conversation about the crossover kind of with, with Kid Gloves because I don't want too many spoilers. But I, actually, I don't want any spoilers, especially considering we haven't seen it yet. But before we get into it, let's first talk about the Flash 100th that just came – that just happened this week. Yes. Because, you know, we saw all these returning characters, uh, you know, from Zoom and Reverse Flash, uh, Savitar. But I honestly, I don't feel like it would have been a proper 100th if we didn't see Henry and Nora at some point. It's amazing from the response that Michelle and I are getting on Twitter. You know, it's like there we were kind of. You know, as a reference for the wonderful scene between uh, Nora and uh, Barry, and uh, we were just kind of there. But so many people, I guess because of our traumatic deaths, because the mother-son relationship and the father-son relationship were written so beautifully um, that it has as much resonance, you know, with uh, with nothing to say, you know, as it did with the audience that's that's always gratifying i mean people are saying it was the most moving scene you know and i'm like uh we didn't say anything (laughs) (laughs) but it was beautifully played by uh by by them both and uh it was good to be a part of it we had a good time yeah i mean again it was granted it was a small short scene but it does have so much importance when you consider you know, a hundred episodes of this show have hit and, you know, it was these two characters, whether it be the death of Nora, uh, you know, the death of Henry, these two characters played such a pivotal part in the development of Barry and who he's become in these hundredth episodes that, again, I just don't feel like it would have been proper 
if you if you didn't pay homage to these two characters at some point in this hundredth. Thanks. I believe it was also, you know, props to Tom Cavanaugh, who directed the hundredth. Yeah. Episode, and also that teaser that they played at the end of Supergirl Arrow and last night on Flash. But um, I think it was his idea to revisit not the night she was killed. Well, the night she was killed, but not the killing itself, but gave us a window into what was going on that very evening, uh, right before it happened. And I think that that helped in its own way to flesh out people's feelings about what happened, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you saw the, the, in just a, such a short period of time in a matter of seconds, you saw the love that these two characters had for one another. And yes. yeah, that was, I, again, that was extremely important to not just that episode, but just again, the whole course of this series. It, well, it, it, it holds it, such an important. Well, and I are very grateful for for it. You know, of course, whenever you get a response like that, it kind of, uh, you know, it's more than you expected. And the fans of this show, the audience members, are so generous with their comments, both at conventions that I go to. I was in Louisville last weekend. The excitement was palpable about what was coming up, and uh, and through social media. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the teaser that we got first. It was at the end of Supergirl, then Arrow, and then the Flash 100th that at the, at the point we're talking right now aired last night. Uh, I, I want to, before we jump into Elseworlds, which is coming up next week and that, that teaser, I want to just tell you from a personal perspective of everything, I, you know, we, we follow some of the articles and in the, in the news because we do talk about the DC news on, on our program and, when the moment happened that that picture was released of seeing, you know, uh, Stephen as the Flash, Barry as Green Arrow, or, uh, you know, Grant as Green Arrow, seeing Melissa, seeing Tyler, and then seeing you standing amongst them in the 90s version of the Flash that you played originally, I, I don't think I've had a bigger geek out moment <laughs> over the course of watching this series than when I saw that picture. It, it was you know, it was such yeah, a huge it, surprise. It's, again, for, you know, we got one season 28 years ago. <laughs> and 27, I guess, we went off the air in 91. But um, the fact that, that the audience has maintained such affection for that 1990 Flash is... You know, it made me feel like all those long hours working till dawn, dripping wet in the suit, you know, <laughs> were about something, you know. It's 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 really awesome. The funny thing about that picture, you know, they kept it quiet as long as they could. And we filmed on the stage and then we filmed outside the alley scene in Vancouver and they screened off both ends of the alley so people could. But the buildings were tall and people started coming outside on their terraces with their cell phones. So Suzanne Gomez at the CW called Stephen and said, listen, get together and take a picture of the four of you because uh, we want to get out ahead of this. And then the, the, the reaction was, was explosive, you know, kidding around when they'd ask me at convention Q and A's, they'd say, are we ever going to see you back in the original suit? And I'd say, if y'all don't stop asking that question, <laughs> they're gonna make me do it. You know, <laughs> And look what happened. You ended up doing it. I know. What um how, what was your reaction when they approached you with that? With the idea of of suiting back up as that version of the Flash? Well, it 
it made me nervous, of course, because 27 years have passed since I've been seen. My first question is, is it contemporary to today? In other words, we need to make, I mean, we need to know that a lot has happened because I'm not going to go head to head with myself 27 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So they said, no, the, the time has passed. As we saw in the teaser, the stinger, huge events, you know, in my uh, Flash universe have taken place. And uh, and they also, of course, said there would be a new construction. It would be easier. They would not have to glue it to my face. I'd be able to unzip the cowl and slip it off, you know, to let my head breathe, you know. And uh, and and uh, I have to say the leather shop and Kate Maine, our costumer, they really did a good job. I couldn't be more grateful to them for pulling it off. You know, of course, I immediately my first response was uh, heading back to the gym full time and losing 15 or 20 pounds so that they could, you know, they could they would have something to work with. You know, they could work from the skin out, which which they did beautifully. And you know what? When I saw it, I just thanked those those guys so much, you know, for uh, for the job that they did. Yeah. It takes village. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I remember you telling us the last time you were on, like, the the difficulties that you had with the original suit of, I think you said there was only two, maybe three of them, and they would literally have to, like, air them out afterwards because of, you know, uh, of being wet with sweat and everything. Yeah, spray them all and hang them in my trailer <laughs> yeah i remember that so I- i'm glad to know that obviously it was a it was a, a newer suit i i can't imagine they would break out the old suit from the 90s and make you wear that again well, you know, anyway was they warner brothers has a copy of the old suit i think it's the one that i ripped the wings off and threw in the air because it doesn't have the wings on the suit mark hamill has those wings <laughs> okay and, uh, but uh, I think it was that one. But they have it in a temperature-controlled vault at Warner Brothers, and they sent it to Vancouver as reference. But that thing, if you touched it, touched it, it would crumble into dust. I actually put pictures of it up on my Instagram account so that people could see the the kind of shape the original suit was in yeah. all the later. But they took that as a reference, and you know there are new materials. There's new way to construct it. Uh, today, which made it uh, the functionality. Listen, I-, I am grateful for that original suit. They did not make me run around in a pair of red tights. Thank you. <laughs> um, but it was functionality has uh, has improved in a quarter of a century, as we hope it would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and then you know, we we jump into that stinger that we got first at the end of Supergirl, and you know, we get that moment of all those heroes kind of strewn, laid to waste, and we see your character, and well, we first see that it's Earth ninety, which I, I want to say is a kind of a nod to the nineties flash. It, totally, it absolutely is. Okay, <laughs> all right, yeah, because I, I love that because it, it you know is the nineties version of that character. Totally. That's what it exactly means. Good. And we'll talk more about that in the crossover. Yeah, and then we see your character, you know, crawling up to the monitor and the character of the monitor. And we're looking forward to knowing what exactly has happened in that time period to lead to that. But I think my favorite part of that teaser 
next to finally seeing you suited up in that 90s suit again is the moment that you run away, we get that little tease of the original 90s theme music. Right. With the little you slow run at the screen with the zoom up of the, the flash on your chest. Right. Wasn't that great? Just, and then blackout. And then it's like the first time people saw that, they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. It was brilliantly, again, brilliantly directed by Tom Cavanaugh. I mean, it's cinematic. And that when they saw it, that's why they decided that they were going to do something for the first time, which is to play that stinger at the end of all three shows and use it um, as a vehicle for gathering in the three different audiences and get everybody all together to set up what's going to play out in the crossover. And let me say this, I have never seen this cast or these casts so excited for a crossover event in five seasons. I would usually come for the mid season finale after they had done the crossover. They switched it this year because of the hundredth episode, <laughs> but everyone would just be so beaten because it, they're hard to shoot, but man, there was no lack of, energy and enthusiasm on the set when I was there this time because it's uh it's really woven into the fabric of all three shows it it has an effect going forward so it's really bound into the storyline in a way that you know excites actors and we hope will 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 make the audience enthusiastic you know the funny thing about that picture that you said when the first one where they saw me in the OG suit the thing that was funny was that the reaction right away was wait a minute is that original suit so much so that right at the beginning a lot of people on twitter didn't notice that grant was wearing the, the arrow <laughs> suit and steven was it was like the next day that people were like wait 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 <laughs> Well, I didn't even notice this. I was so freaked out by, you know, you coming back as the OG that I didn't notice. What the hell is Grant? <laughs> I said more will be revealed. Yeah, it, it's. It, I'm telling you, like, I, that was probably one of the biggest geek out moments I've had from the show. Other than, I mean, I, I was... You know, there's been so many geek out moments I've had just from the flash alone. We watch all of these shows and we talk about and break down all these shows every week. And, you know, uh, obviously from just knowing that you were playing Henry, uh, you know, Barry's father in the start, uh, you being the man in the iron mask, you becoming, you know, transitioning into that moment into being Jay Garrick from another earth. Uh, there's been so many moments I've had just from you playing different characters alone. And this being easily the biggest one because I, you know, of just my love for the character of the Flash and the original, I mean, you said it earlier, the, the original Flash in the nineties only ran one season, but you know, to somebody like me who grew up in that time period and watched those shows, it still holds a big importance because that was the first time we were ever seeing anything like that on TV, you know, short of maybe like the cheesy sixties Batman before that. Which I loved as a kid. Oh, I still adore it. We were pioneering a new way of telling these stories on television and saying, no, you, 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 these are claims, uh, themes of classical drama. You know, the unblessed child of a cop family where real cops work the streets and his father's always kind of putting him down because he's a crime lab geek. We were CSI before CSI was yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, and then his 
He gets these powers. He doesn't want them. He wants to be rid of them. He doesn't want to be extraordinary. And then his brother is killed. And then he goes, okay, you know, I'm going to assume these powers, even though I don't want them. And I have no desire to be extraordinary. Ordinary man caught in extraordinary circumstances to avenge the death of my brother. And we were like, you know what? We're going to play this for real. And that's how they sold it to me. When they asked me to come and audition for the role at the beginning of 1990. Yeah. And I think what, what really made me, what really hit me the most about seeing that picture was the fact that I've grown to really love this version of The Flash with Grant and, and Candace and, and this cast. But, yeah. to, but to see that blend, even if just, even if just in a picture, seeing that blend of what I grew up with to what kids are growing up with now and the two of those worlds meeting, I don't right. even have the details behind it yet and won't until next week, but it was enough to almost bring me back to my childhood, just seeing that picture. Yeah, and, and, you know, and it's amazing. It's very rich when I go to conventions and and some very emotional moments happen person to person. You know, a lot of people come who watched the original Flash with their fathers and are now watching the current Flash with their children. And I'm sort of the thread that runs through that. It's like somebody said, a, more than one person said on Twitter, well, you're Flash Cannon now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, good Lord. What, what, a, what a mind blower. Well, I think, it, I think it'll be interesting because, you know, as you mentioned, going to the cons and, you know, fathers taking their sons and, and you know they get to meet the cast of this new ones and then the fathers are probably more excited about meeting you because you're the one that they grew up with i think now it's it might change a little bit in that these younger generation these kids these sons who might not have known you as the flash before after this crossover that's going to change well i'll tell you the amount of hits on uh netflix the dvd sales it's totally, I mean, Warner Brothers was very smart, you know, yeah. they, they have revitalized the uh, original show. At this last convention that I went to in Louisville last weekend, all the publicity was out for the new show. The promos were out. And uh, it's amazing how much interest, for, as you say, from the younger audience members were in the pictures of what they call the OG Flash, you know. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. I, I think the only thing, and, and just hear me out when I say this, I think the only thing that might disappoint me a little bit about you becoming canon, as they say, or your popularity growing back up with this younger generation is I have already had a hard enough time finding your Mattel DC multiverse figure. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be even harder to, to find that figure now because of the popularity of the character. You want to talk about mind-blowing. When that came out this year and I held it in my hand for the first time, it was like, what is this? You know, It took me decades, but I'm an action figure. Yeah, that's got to be really cool. And I know now, even since the last time we spoke to you, not only do you have – has this Mattel figure finally released, but you now have your own version of the Jay Garrick pop vinyl and you're not, not just the Teddy Sears version anymore. I'm looking at him right now on my bookshelf. It's – it blows my mind, really. I have it too. <laughs> I I have the whole. I have your version. I have the Jay Garrick. I have Zoom Flash Reverse Flash. I have the whole collection of the Flash characters. So it's so much fun. It, it's just now I'm gonna have to fight to find that Mattel figure again. You know, it's interesting. 
character that in 1990 I was reticent to play. I mean, they got me to come on audition because I knew April Webster, multiple Emmy Award-winning casting director. You know, she was casting the original Flash. And I was like used to television spoofing it, you know. Mm -hmm. And she got me on the phone. She talked to me. She said, just read Danny Bilson and Paul DeMeo's script. That's all I ask. Just read it with an open mind. And uh, and she said, the reason that we're coming to you is because we know that that your training is in truth of the moment and we want this played for real. And that I felt was my task. You know, Danny and Paul and the production team, the special effects, visual effects teams, which were nominated for an Emmy that year, um, they took care of the art direction. Um, and I always felt that my job was to play Barry as real as I possibly could. So the audience would identify with him so that when I went into the suit, they would come with me and we could have that ride at the amusement park, all of us from inside the suit looking out. So that was always my, my template for, for playing Barry. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's, and it really resonates with when people watch that. I mean, when you go back and watch the 90 series, you can still definitely get that feeling of that when you're watching it. And even so, even with the newer series, you know, when you were playing Henry, I know we talked about this the last time you were on, you know, one of the things that really turned you on to playing, coming back and playing Henry was just the paternal aspect of playing alongside Grant over the superhero aspect of it. Yep. 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 Totally. It was a very, I'll, I've, uh, I will always, those scenes, early scenes with Grant first season, and particularly I will always go down in my acting book as some of my most treasured um, moments, because there was just such a convergence of my having played the Flash, Grant knowing I was the Flash, me knowing or having an idea of what some of his insecurities might be you know, what some of his hopes and dreams might be. And casting me as the father really hooked me in, in investing in his success in a very personal way. Yeah. You know, um, it was, uh, it was very deep. Yeah. I know, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, it, between today and, and the past interview that we had with you, you know, working with Grant, working with Candace and, and Carlos and, and Tom and all those with those characters. But this time around, being a part of Elseworlds, you got to work with a much larger cast of characters. You know, you worked with Steven this time around, with Melissa, with Tyler. And until we see Elseworlds, we're not really going to know what other characters you interacted with. But right. what was it like for you this time working with additional cast members? Pete, you know, I've had the opportunity to moderate panels with Steven and, and you know, a, a bunch of the Arrow cast. And I've been on stage with Carlos Valdez and Candace and those guys, too. They're all wonderful. So I'm curious of what your experience working with them for this crossover was. It was great. Of course, I had interacted with them at San Diego Comic-Cons the years that I went with the Flash cast. And, you know, and they're all, you know, really they're just good people. You know, I just really am fond of all of them, Melissa and Steve, and, um, uh, you know, everybody. Um, but, um, you know, they were so affirming any doubts I may have had about showing back up in the original suit when I walked on set and Grant was like, this is the coolest thing we've ever done. <laughs> you know? And uh, Mark Guggenheim said, wrote something like that on Twitter, and Stephen tweeted out, 
his tweets about it, it made me feel so welcome, you know, yeah. the insecurities I may have felt dissolved. And I just felt like I was a part of the team. You know, I felt that the first time as Jay Garrick, when um, in Enter Flash Time season four, I felt like I was working as a member of a superhero team. Of course, the great thing about the Henry episodes and why I wanted to play him when I found out what the new origin story was, because I knew it would carve out a unique place for me and Grant together and for me to hand it off to him in a very personal way rather than superhero to superhero. Yeah. You know, father son, that father son dynamic, which they wrote so beautifully, you know, but yeah, coming back and being in the original suit and seeing them all react to it. And it just was a kick. It was really a kick. Yeah. Uh, I, I know we're going to, we're running a little short on time. Hopefully I got a couple more minutes, but um, one of the questions I know, as I mentioned, Rob wasn't able to join me today, but he did have a question that he wanted me to, to pass yeah. on to you. Uh, you know, we've been seeing in that teaser, we see all those different heroes strewn about and we've seen other teaser images. I know just this morning there was an image released of uh, a Bane mask from Batman lore because we know mm -hmm. we're getting Batwoman this time around. In the future of this series, you know, hopefully we do get to see you return again, whether it be 90s Flash, Jay Garrick, or whatever form. When that happens, knowing that pretty much anything is possible in these universes, are there any characters from lore, you know, comic book lore, whether it be Flash, Arrow, Batman, however, that you would want to see your character share a scene with or be face to face with? I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, they always come up with uh, such interesting. The thing that I would wish that they would do at some point is because it's age appropriate is to delve a little bit more. We touched on it with Mark Hamill or three when we had that crazy outside the bank and I'm catching bullets in my helmet. Yeah. So we taste of it. But I would like to know. And they've hinted at it. Like, what was Jay Garrick seeing when he took Wally's place in the Speed Force? He's made several very pointed references to Barry about, you know, uh, when he got that image of Iris dying. And he's saying, did that really happen? And I'm saying, listen, you need to treasure the moments you have with your loved ones while you have them. And I, I would just like like to see a little bit more. Uh, and play a little bit more because I've certainly played Barry, mm -hmm. you know, of, of who this man is outside of his suit. You know, if if they had the inclination uh, uh, to write it, I would I would totally be on board for that. I was hoping that there would be a little bit more interaction um, between uh, Jay and Barry. Uh, than there has been. But, uh, you know, I really liked the interaction that there was from the coffee house scene where I had the cup and I was explaining the, you know, yeah, course and, and through certainly that scene where I take Wally's place. And that was almost like father son time, but the Jay Berry version of it. And then, then enter flash time. The last time I was, Which, Jay Garrett, we were 
defusing the nuclear bomb. Yeah. Yeah, which was uh, right around, I think that episode had just aired the last time we had you on. And that was such that that still to this day is one of our favorite episodes of that series. Oh, awesome. Because of the interaction with you and Barry and Jesse and, uh, you know, everything that happens in that. And I don't know, maybe, maybe a spinoff and we'll just call it like Jay Garrick Speed School. <laughs> where There's, he's he's training love, new speedsters on his earth. I love the mentor uh, <laughs> apprentice role. I loved it in the original Flash when I got to be uh, apprenticed or mentored by uh, Jason Bernard in the Nightshade mm-hmm. episodes. I loved playing the apprentice part of it, and I would like to play. I got kind of excited when they said I'd be training a new speedster on Earth 3. I hope we find out who that is. I do too. I mean, we've gotten many mentions of other speedsters in this universe. So hopefully we get to see them sometime relatively soon before, you know, before the show wraps up. Yeah. So that'd be a lot of fun. Um, one final thing I wanted to just make mention of before we let you go. Obviously we, we talked about powder burns the last time you were on and yes, all the awards that, uh, you know, that, that, that has won. But I thought it was kind of cool to find out that you teamed up with uh, David A. Gregory again to play a different Henry back in September. Yes. You know, I never connect, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm thick, but I never made the connection between the names. But yeah, he has written this awesome play called Hank and Jim Build a Plane. And it centers on the long-term relationship of Henry Fonda and Jimmy Stewart, despite vast political differences and romantic rivalries. And if ever there was a fable for our time with all the division there is, it's that the play is fun because it jumps back and forth in time. You see them as old men, it's young men that you discuss relationships. I found out things about them that I never knew. I found out things about Henry Fonda and Jimmy Stewart that I just never knew. Mm-hmm. But uh, most of all, uh, the fact that they would, in spite of their political differences, they met every Sunday afternoon, uh, barring work or whatever, and they would get together and build model airplanes. And this went from their very first starving days as roommates in New York and continued through their movie salad days uh in uh in los angeles so it and it explores all those themes you know it explores how do you bridge the divide between left and right and maintain a friendship you know as you know man to man in this case um yeah it's a, it's a brilliant play we did a workshop of it for an invited audience of people in the business we got excellent feedback and support both from people who 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 knew Jimmy Stewart and you know who knew Henry Fonda and uh, and the and the uh, Stewart family particularly has been very active in helping David um, with the play and is very on board. So we hope to get a full production mounted soon. That'd be awesome, yeah. And especially if it hits New York, because I think that's where that's where you're reading. Was the reading in New York or was it just about depression in New York? It was in New York. Okay. The re- was in New York City with an invited audience, people from the theater. And as I say, we just got such awesome feedback and affirmation. Uh, David has written one hell of a play. And uh, I hope I get to the chance to do a full product. It needs to be produced with somebody. Yeah. You know, it's that good. I hope uh, it is with me, but I will support whatever production gets made because he's, 
he's an as one person in the workshop said he's a natural born writer both he proved that with powder burns and now he's proved it with this with his play powder burns and and is still to this day anybody who recommends any kind of dramatic readings of a podcast and especially western i i still recommend powder burn it's the first recommendation i always make and are we still is there still more powder burns to come or has that kind of wrapped for the time being it for the moment it's wrapped of course anything is possible you know i'm sure david is working on all fronts i think his primary focus right now is the play Mm mm-hmm um, but we'll see what happens. I wouldn't be adverse to, to revisiting it because it kind of left it in the last episode that suddenly we're running. David, yeah. is my, me as the ex-sheriff, we're running from the law, you know, so that would be a great switch. Yeah. So, play. well, hopefully we get more of that. And I'm looking forward to see what comes of this play, because I would this is something I would definitely love to see and and, and go and watch myself. Thank you. Thank um, you. I want to recommend people where they can follow you on social media. You mentioned your Instagram, which is uh, John Wesley Ship Jr. on Instagram. uh, And Twitter, you're just John Wesley Ship. We are extremely excited to watch Elseworlds this week. And I know I speak for myself, for Rob and all of our listeners. We're pretty stoked to see it. But, uh, John, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me about it and sharing some of it. Thanks for having me. And uh, shoot me a text or something when you see it let me know what you think i definitely will uh but yeah thank you so much thank you 